this to Children's Church at this time. And uh, thank you very much for that. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to read verses uh, 1 through 6. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 1. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Exodus chapter 20. In verse 1, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So if you look there at midway, verse 5, it says, uh, For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers, upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. So uh, this morning I want to talk to you about to the third and the fourth generation. I'd ask that you listen very, very carefully. This pertains to everyone, no matter who you are, your background, your family, uh, your traditions. I would ask that you listen very, very carefully. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless the message. I yield to the Holy Spirit the best way I know how. I pray that you'd speak uh, to me and through me, lead and guide me as to what to say and how to say it. That everyone here would examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith, understanding thy great mercy, thy great plan, but thou art a holy God, a just God visiting the iniquity to the third and the fourth generation. Help us to understand this. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Uh, I want you to think about this. I know this is uh, Thanksgiving season. So Thanksgiving is a time of reflection. Looking back, appreciation, type of reminiscence some ways. And this way God deals with us is so interesting. There's four types of people in this room. Some of us were born into a curse. If you were, you need to realize that and admit it. Some of us are still in a curse who were born into a curse. Third, some of us were born into a blessing, and then some of us were delivered from a curse, and now we're in a blessing. There's only four ways that you can enter a relationship uh, with the church, and as we come to this place, God's house on His day, I want you to think about this. The Bible says ye are cursed with a curse. And the curse causeless 
shall not come. Now, we live in a day because of technology. The medical field wants to blame inherited things only on genetics or biological uh, things that relate to our life and our family tree. I know that uh, many people who've been asked to do certain tests to see if this is uh, inheritance related, if it's genetics, and I don't believe in that. I believe that it's sin inherited, not biological. So the sin could come through the physical flesh, but not necessarily, but it could. But also it could come in the form of a spiritual curse. So some of us were born into a curse. Some of us are still in it. Some of us were born into a blessing. And some of us have been delivered from the curse into the blessing. And so if you think about to the third and the fourth generation, if you go to your parents and then to your grandparents and then your great-grandparents, if you study the way they lived, what religion were they a part of? How did they live? What were their morals and ethics? Go back all the way to the great-grandparents. I say it all the time. You need to study because in the Word of God, the great men knew they could not get right with God unless they confessed their sin, their father's sin, their father's father's sin, and their father's 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 sin. So in Deuteronomy 28 and 29, God said, I set before you a blessing and a curse. You can choose. Will you enter into a curse and live under a curse? Or will you enter into a blessing and let, allow me to bless you and do all for you that I want to do because I love you? Now, most people, they'll limit this to like maybe sporting franchises, like that team has a curse on it. Uh, or maybe like uh, a place, which is all true. Um, and sometimes witches, brujo, brujas, all those types. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. They'll say that woman's a, a witch. She put a curse on me. They still believe they're under the curse. Some of you don't believe any of that. But uh, when, when you've been around it long enough, the old Latrusa is going to show up one day. When you're not, when you, it's, so what is it? Well, when it shows up, you'll figure it out. When the hair stands up on the back of your neck and your arms, uh, and it's more than just this, what your uncle told you, but you see it, then you'll believe it. But a lot of people limit it to that. You know, you need the witch's brew with the eye of a newt and the tongue of a snake and, you know, these types of things. But the reality is, we can be born into a curse because something our great, great, great grandpa did. Or you can be born into a curse by something your grandpa did or your mother and father did. And it's beyond our control. You enter into this life through the lineage of your family tree under a curse 
And, you know, there's very few people probably in this room who were born into a blessing. Was your great-grandpa totally right with God and went soul winning and was separated and served God? Was your grandpa totally right with God? Was your father totally right with God and sold out to the will of God and then he had you and raised you up in the way that you should go? Very few people can say that. Most of us had to come to Christ, who is the exception to the rule, to break the curse. And now you're blessed. And now you're raising your children in a blessed situation. But if you don't admit the truth of how you entered in, how you were raised, what your grandparents taught, how they lived. You know, I, I know stories. I have a family member. You know, I came out of a rough crowd. I'm not really sophisticated. It's very quiet in here. Uh, my grandmother uh, saw her father push her mother out of a two-story window and murder her. True story. That's what she grew up under. And he was abusive, and he beat the kids, and he left the family. He abandoned my grandmother when she was a young girl in Oklahoma and had to live her own life and fight for everything she had. I mean, I don't, you need to study where you came from and your parents. And some of you don't even know your parents very well. Some of you aren't, you don't have a good relationship. You're not going to eat Thanksgiving with your extended family. You may not, probably don't want to. But I guess if your phone's ringing, pick it up. <laughs> if the shoe fits, put it on. But um, so there's four things you can do to be in a curse or under a curse. First of all, words. Romans 12, 14. Bless and curse not. You can be under words that have put a curse on you. You better watch out what comes out of your mouth and what words you subject yourself to. Secondly, disobedience to the Word of God. Deuteronomy 17, 15. It said, Cursed be the man that does certain things. Next, you can subject yourself to a curse like Achan when Joshua said, touch not the accursed thing. So you can touch something that has a curse. That can put a curse on you, on your house, your family, your children, your whole life. And then in the text, you can inherit a curse or be born into a curse and it's nothing you did something your parents did or your grandparents or your great grandparents and we talked about the symbols and the superstition and the wicked music and the incantations all these different things in the spirit world and so when you think about a spiritual situation 
can only be defeated by a more powerful spirit. You cannot solve the problem with money. You can't solve the problem with the arm of flesh, your own charisma. You can't solve the problem with education like the government's trying to do. You can't solve the problem with a higher standard of living. If you're under a curse and you have a lot of money, you're just going to use all that money to stay under the curse. doesn't solve the problem. So you have cursed people, cursed marriages, cursed children of a cursed marriage, of cursed grandparents, of cursed great-grandparents. You have cursed places, cursed things. And God says, that's why I didn't say this. God says he visits it to the third and the fourth generation. Yeah. Now, you know, I know my, I've studied my, I, my dad had 11 brothers and sisters. I've studied the Jameses, the Laxtons, the Hopkins, and the Winnets on my mom's side. They're from Ireland. I've studied that, and I, I, I've asked a lot of questions. I know the way they lived. For most of them, it wasn't good at all. I know what they did. I know what my dad was born into and the way he was raised and the way my mother was raised and her environment with her family and everything that happened in her life. And, and I've seen what God's done in my life. And I've seen what I've tried to pass on to my daughter to the next generation. And you have to be honest to solve the problem. And I'm just asking you, did your parents raise you to serve God, to fear the Lord in church? Did they bring you to Sunday school? Did they bring you to Wednesday night Bible study? Did they teach you that salvation is by grace through faith and it's not of works, it's not of yourselves, lest any man should boast? Did they raise you to separate from the world and not to be a friend of it? How were you raised? Because he visits to the third and the fourth generation. You know, Romans 3.14 says their mouth is full of cursing. And it doesn't mean cuss words like we call four-letter words. Cursing is to put an evil hex on somebody. To use your mouth in an evil way. You know, like that guy, his dad his whole life said, Son, you loser, you're not going to mount to a hill of beans. You'll never mount to anything. Look where you came from. You're a lower status of society. You'll never climb the corporate ladder. You'll never achieve the American dream. You'll not amount to a hill of bed. And he says, okay, Dad, I'm just going to go out. And then he does it. And then he gets in trouble with the law, and he has financial trouble when he's in his late teen years to early 20s. And his dad says, son, what are you doing to me? He says, I'm just doing what you said I'd be, Dad. You put the curse on me. You said I wouldn't amount to a hill of beans. I'm exactly what you said I'd be. Why is it so quiet in here? So, what is the solution? Christ is the answer. Amen. Jesus Christ 
will break the curse and give you a fresh start. All things will become new. And then you can turn the curse into a blessing. And then you can have a blessed life, a blessed marriage, blessed children, a blessed job, a blessed home, a blessed church life and ministry. And you can pass the blessing on to the generation to come. So I love Psalm 48, 13. Tell it to the generation following. Break the curse. You know, we all ought to say this morning, it stops right here. I don't accept it. I admit it. I'm not going to lie. I accept it, but it stops right here. I am turning to Christ. I'm going to build my life on the one foundation, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to grow in grace. And I'm going to live a blessed way so God will bless me. And I'm going to pass it on. So, you're either, you know, if you're honest, many people would say, I think I was born under a curse. Do you know if you're sitting here this morning, you ought to be shouting glory and praising the Lord. You ought to be so happy that you're in a Bible-believing church where the preacher's not afraid of you and tells you how that cow really did eat that cabbage. He's not in for a, a paycheck or popularity contest. He loves you enough to tell the truth. And you're sitting here. You think your grandpa would have been sitting here? I doubt it. Do you think your parents would have been here? I don't know. Admit the truth. You know, some of us, our grandparents, probably were running down in the Nueces Strip with, what was his name? Pedro Flores, or whatever his name was, fighting Leander McNally. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about in the Texas Rangers of the New Aces Strip. Do you realize there was always a confrontation with Mexico and Texas between the Nueces Strip, between the Rio Grande and the Nueces River, and it became a very dangerous place. Cattle rustlers, criminals. Uh, it, it was said that if you even went down there, you are at risk of losing everything you owned and all of your and your life itself. And we live basically kind of not though we're not really on the Nueces River. One of the things about the spirit of this place, we're in a border town. And a lot of people don't see it. We're on the border of the Nueces Strip. You might not be in McAllen or Laredo or Eagle Pass, but you're on the border town of the Nueces Strip. Uh, you know, yesterday I was so winning, I went by the, uh, the cemetery there on Park Street where uh, Kingfisher is buried. You know, very interesting. Uh, he ran the Nueces Strip. And him and Ben Thompson got assassinated in a bar in San Antonio. You ought to study that. That's the type of stuff that went on back here. Pat Garrett is from this town, the guy who killed Billy the Kid. And so a lot of people live places. They don't even know what's going on. I mean, why is the spirit like this? We're in a border town. Uh, You know, if you go up to like Pueblo, Colorado, it's on the Arkansas River. You say, why is Pueblo, Colorado 
been declared the most dangerous city in America with the most crime, according to some studies. Because Pueblo, Colorado is on the Arkansas River, and that was the border between Mexico and uh, the United States. Way back, border towns have something different about them. Read it and study. Go to the Red River. Don't drink the water. Uh, uh, there's a joke about that. Don't drink the water. Uh, something will happen. So, just think about it. Could be a false religion you were born into. Could be a cursed denomination you were born into. Could be a way of life you were born into. And it could literally be some type of a spiritual heavy fog over your whole life that you just can't seem to get anywhere in life. Nothing works for you. Everything's a struggle for you. Some type of a spiritual curse. Now, I love what the Bible says. Christ, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So, this is a very important statement. Listen carefully. You cannot reverse the curse. You just have to receive the blessing. The blessing overcomes the curse. You don't fight the curse. You don't do war, battle with the curse itself. All you've got to do is receive the blessing through Christ. You know, just read the Beatitudes. Blessed is He. Jesus said, Blessed is He. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Bless and curse not. Do good to them which despitefully use you. Pray for them. Be a blessing. Amen. So, when you turn to Christ... And you understand the power of the Holy Spirit of God, which will defeat, conquer all other inferior spirits in your life. Jesus changes everything. You know the song, when Jesus comes, when Jesus comes, it's the blessing, not getting rid of the curse. All you've got to do is accept the blessing. Amen. Now, all the great men, as I mentioned earlier, they knew this. And when there was a revival that broke out, even Daniel said this in Daniel 9.16. He confessed his sin and the sin of his fathers and the sin of his fathers. And you have to go back to the fourth generation. Now, have you ever even studied what did your parents do for a living? What was their lifestyle? Were they compatible? Was their family functioning? What about your grandparents on the maternal and the paternal side? Have you studied that? How did they live? And then if you'd have any wisdom, you'd look at yourself, some of your problems, and you'll go, oh yeah, I got that from them. I was born into this. And what's so sad to me, people just keep going the right, the same old thing, that their mama did, that their mama did, that their mama did, or their daddy did, and their daddy did, and they're under the same situation when so many people, it almost seems like they like it. And then, that's why Jesus said, listen to this very carefully, except you hate your father and mother, 
You cannot be my disciple. Now, that doesn't mean you hate your parents. It means your love for him is so much more powerful than your obligation to your parents that you choose Christ over your parents. You choose Christ over your cousins. You choose Christ over your grandparents. But you know how many people you'll talk to? Well, I was born Episcopalian. I guess I'll just stay Episcopalian. Well, you're born under that curse and you're going to pass it on to your kids. Well, I, my grandpa was a hard drinker and he's a rabble rouser and he's a rambling man and you know, that's just where I am. Not me. I don't have to do something just because my dad did it. And I don't have to do something just because my uncle did it. And I don't have to do something just because my grandpa did it. And I can stop it right here if you choose. You know how many people are still under it and they're too blind to know it? And it's right there. So when you think about Thanksgiving, what could we be thankful for? I'm so thankful that God loves me. And he gave me a blessing of a fresh start. I'm so happy. And then you'll see other people, and they're going to sit around the family table, and they probably won't even say grace. I don't like that word. You know, thank God and ask him to bless the food. And they're going to be looking over at their uncle, and it's like a mirror. And they're seeing themselves. And then they're going to see their grandma. And they're going to see themselves. And they're going to see their grandpa. And they're going to see they influence me in a bad way. Now, I'm not saying all grandparents are good. There's some really great grandparents. We have some really great ones in this church that you're trying to teach your grandchildren, right? But you have to admit the truth. I got that from my mother. You know, and this goes beyond personalities and culture. You know, my grandma in Oklahoma, she believed that camphophenic cured every ill. Was, did anybody hear that before? Yeah, put a little camphophenic on there. Have you ever heard of it? Man, I'm old. Just put a little camphophenic on there. That'll solve it. Uh, you know, anything. That was her cure-all, her go-to uh, medicine. And, you know, I... When I was a kid, it's put some methylate on there. That'll put the whoop in it. You ever know what that stuff is? That red stuff that stings worse than rubbing alcohol in an open cut? Put a little methylate. Uh, you know, it's not a cure-all. Now, we learned some really good things. I still remember what my mom said and my grandma. But I'm not going to let a curse, and I'm not saying they curse me, be passed on. By my grandma... They, they lived on a, a, a curvy road out in the country. If a dog made it to six months, it was a pretty long life because they just got run. It was really sad. We'd go visit them. They didn't buy dog food. They don't have money to go to a Walmart and buy dog food. They got the scraps. And whatever was left, I can still hear my grandma. Hen dog, hen. I can't say it like her. Hen dog, hen. Hen dog, hen. And then she'd sling those scraps and take her butter knife and go like that. I, I never forgot it. You know, mind her that. No, I, I go buy food at Walmart. 
they did what they could. You know, I can still hear, hear my mom trying to be lazy and you're sleeping late. She'd come in and pull the shade. Rise and shine with that Oklahoma. You're going to sleep your life away. Rise and shine. Y'all get up. Sleep. You know. All right. And then you just pull the covers over your head. Uh, but we all have memories and influence and recipes. You know, you'll probably remember some pretty good recipes during this time. But where were the Linnets? What were they doing in 1880 Oklahoma? Where were the Hopkinses? What were they doing in 1920? Where were the Laxtons from Germany? I don't know where they're from. What were they doing? And what about those Jameses? And you better look into where were your great-grandparents? What were they doing? And how come they were born and then they raised you a certain way? I'm telling you. We ought to be shouting glory, running the aisle. If you believe this book, and you're trying to do the will of God, and God broke the curse that you were born into, what are we complaining about? Why are we moping around, whining, feeling sorry for ourselves? We ought to, we ought to be smiling all the time. I can't believe I'm here today. It's amazing. Go to actually Oklahoma where they grew up. There was one little church had a pier and beam structure and the floor was falling through. And we went back when we went to my Aunt Mary's memorial. It's a, uh, it's a biker gang, uh, like Hell's Angels meeting place combined with the Masons. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Looks like Hell's Angels with the compass in the square. <laughs> I'm going, and that's where my dad got married. At the, and, and that was a Methodist church. Then the other one, I think it's gone. My uncle was a church hopper. He's looking for a reason to get mad. He just get he'd go in. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Let's go to that church. And he'd stay a while and he'd go, I don't like that. And then he'd go, he hopped all over from different towns. I'm not, I'm not a church hopper, whatever you want to call it. You, you start looking how people live, the way they think. What was their religion? What was their denomination? How did they raise you? You know, many people in this room were not raised by your parents to even pray and ask God to bless your food before you eat it. That's called being born under a curse. That you don't even think about God enough to give Him the glory to ask Him to bless your food and thank Him for it. And then some of you now, you're sitting here and you really appreciate it. And you're teaching your kids. Now we need to ask God to bless the food. God gave us this food. We need to say uh, and give God the glory for this. Amen. The curse has been lifted. Now, when I used to go to Oklahoma, when I was a little kid, there was an Indian church. And this was on the Chickasaw or Choctaw Reservation. Which one? Choctaw? Choctaw. And we'd drive to town with my Chickasaw. My grandpa's old Chevy where you shift on the column and you can't find it, grind it. You know, and then he'd pop the clutch. You know that old truck that had the, the standing board beside the wheel well? Old green Chevy. 
Amen. And we're just driving into town to buy feed. And he'd go, you see them Indians over there, them wicked, stinking Indians. I hate Indians. And I'm a little kid. I'm like, why? What, what did they do to you? I don't know. They're just Indians. And I don't like them Indians. And I hate them Indians. I'm going, what did they do to you? Well, they got that Indian school over there, boat cheating. And broken bow and all that. I said, yeah, well, what about it? And I was this little. I said, that's not right. I'm not going to live that way. Man. I'm not going to hate Indians because my grandpa hated I love Indians. I actually really like them. I'm part Indian. I'm not going to go, well, my grandpa hated Indians. I guess i got to hate them too. And you say, that's not me. Well, you do a lot of things you're not thinking through that your grandpa did that taught your dad, and you better wake up. Right. Now, Christ is the answer. Amen. Christ is the answer. Think about it. This, this couple came here one time. Really strange story. There was a woman dating a man he had three mistresses, and she knew. And she was allowing it because he made an agreement that he'd give her every paycheck. <laughs> this is well. Like, now, wait a minute. How, how are you getting all the paycheck when he has three mistresses? Where are they getting some money? And she goes, well, at least I get control of the checkbook. I said, so you're telling me that you're going to live under a fornication curse and raise your kids in that house knowing all this is happening so you can write checks. And then I started studying it. Her mom was uh, an adulteress into prostitution, and it went back and back and back of an immoral situation. And that's why, you know when they call a guy a knucklehead? What does that mean? Hey, what did you call me? <laughs> now, well, there's them in the old west. They'd say them's fighting words. <laughs> Put you, and then he'd go, "I'm a pugilist. I'm a pugil. I'm a boxer." But the uh, there was a guy here at church. Now, this is a true story. His parents sold him as a slave in New York. Sold him to be a slave. His other brother got sold into a slave. They were abused their whole life. And he went, he, both of them got where they were on the street, had to steal to survive. They both ended up going to prison. Very sad life. And when they got out, God gave them a chance to break the curse. To break the curse. And aren't you glad? that we don't have to be slaves to what our dad did, our mom and dad did, Amen. our grandparents did, our great-grandparents did. I'm just saying in Thanksgiving time, and, and I'm through, when you're sitting around the table, just go, huh, I'm not under a curse. God loves me. He blessed me. He broke the curse. And I appreciate this. I'm teaching my kids about God. And my goal is for my kids to teach their kids the truth about God. Amen. It stops here. The curse is broken. Amen. But then you'll hear other people. 
Well, I can't go to that church because my grandma said, you know, I hear it all the time. Well, my aunt said that if you go to that church and then you let your aunt pass the curse on to you and now you're still a slave to a curse. I'm thrilled. I'll leave you with this story. True story. This woman came to our school. She was had four-stage cancer. Very sad. And she made a public profession of Christ. And she came, was coming to church, pretty faithful. She had her children coming, her husband. And I'd go visit her. And then one day something changed. And I went to her house and she still had the rosaries on the wall. She still had the altar to Mary in the corner. And she still had all these things. And then I found out her daughter was pregnant out of wedlock. And then her son was in a gang. And then she goes, you know, I was going to follow you and believe what the Bible says. But this woman I know told me that if I don't keep these things up, I'm forsaking my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and I don't, I'm not honoring them, and I'm leaving the church. That's what they call it. And if you leave the church, you're going to have to burn longer in purgatory or something. I don't know what they believe. But she says, I'm turning back. I'm not going to come to the church anymore. And I said, you know why you're doing it? Because you didn't hate your father and mother. You let a family member determine what you believed, not what God told you to believe in the Word of God. And because of that, go look how her sons are. Terrible. Bad situation. Look what her daughter turned out to be. Terrible situation. Her health is waning. I can tell you story after story. You go soul winning. Hey, I'm Brother James from Garnerfield Road Baptist. Just meeting people today. I just want to ask you a question. If you died right now, would you go to heaven? And they'll say, no. I said, have you ever thought about it? Would you let me show you from the Bible how to go to heaven? Sure, I want to hear that. And you go through it and they'll say, this is just what I needed. Oh, I'm so happy. All right. You go back the next Saturday. Well, I talked to my grandma, and my grandma said, I have to stay a Catholic, because we're a Catholic family. And then they're under the curse. They didn't break the curse. They passed it on from the 1500s. 1500s to 16 to 1700s to 18 to the 19 we're 2021 they're still under the curse worshiping the lady of uh, Guadalupe standing on the cactus alright aren't you happy that God breaks the curse alright let's all bow our heads close our eyes I didn't get to finish